Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, brothers and sisters, pro-life leader Frank Pavone here, director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our time of prayer and scripture reading. It is great to be with you. Let's delve into the Word of God. Let's put ourselves in His presence and let's pray for one another. You can leave your prayer intentions in the comments as usual. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We come to you, Father, with praise and thanksgiving. We know that you are the God of life, the God of salvation. We know that you have wrapped us in uh, your arms, in the mantle of justice, in a robe of salvation. And we rejoice in that today. Enable us, Lord, to understand the gift of life, to understand your call to our human family to be fruitful, to multiply, help us to understand the blessing of children and to create a culture and a nation and laws and policies and court decisions that make it easier to welcome the gift of life. We ask this through the author of life and the conqueror of death, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our reading today does lead us into the theme of the blessing of children and the teaching of Scripture about uh, barrenness versus fruitfulness. Let's read here from the first book of Samuel. Hannah rose after a meal at Shiloh and presented herself before the Lord. At the time, Eli the priest was sitting on a chair near the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In her bitterness, she prayed to the Lord, weeping copiously, And she made a vow, promising, O Lord of hosts, if you look with pity on the misery of your handmaid, if you remember me and do not forget me, if you give your handmaid a male child, I will give him to the Lord for as long as he lives. Neither wine nor liquor shall he drink, and no razor shall ever touch his head. As she remained long at prayer before the Lord, Eli watched her mouth, for Hannah was praying silently. Though her lips were moving, her voice could not be heard. Eli, thinking her drunk, said to her, How long will you make a drunken show of yourself? Sober up from your wine. It isn't that, my Lord, Hannah answered. I am an unhappy woman. I have had neither wine nor liquor. I was only pouring out my troubles to the Lord. Do not think your handmaid a ne'er-do-well. My prayer has been prompted by my deep sorrow and misery. Eli said, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She replied, Think kindly of your maidservant, and left. She went to her quarters, ate and drank with her husband, and no longer appeared downcast. Early the next morning they worshipped before the Lord, and then returned to their home in Ramah. When Elkanah had relations with his wife Hannah, the Lord remembered her. She conceived, and at the end of her term bore a son, whom she called Samuel, since she had asked the Lord for him. 
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And this opens up a powerful theme in Scripture, which can be summarized very simply. Barrenness is a curse. Being without children is considered a punishment. Fertility, on the other hand, pregnancy, childbirth, bearing a child is considered a tremendous blessing. Here she is, Hannah, the mother of Samuel, unhappy, she says, in grief, deep sorrow, and misery. Why? Why? Because someone was persecuting her? Because someone was attempting to kill her? Because she had financial troubles? Because she had health issues? No, because she didn't have a child. Because she wanted to get pregnant, and it wasn't happening. She asked the Lord to remember her. It's interesting, the, the, the wording that's used here, right? Lord, remember me. And then it says she conceived because the Lord remembered her. The favor of God towards us, even God thinking about us, brings life. We see in many other passages, I'm going to summarize some of them for you, go to a few of them, how barrenness is considered a curse and a punishment. In Leviticus chapter 20, for example, in speaking about sin and the punishment of sin, it's, it gives a number of examples and then says of those who are sinners, they shall die childless. Jeremiah 22, similar example. In rebuking a sinful man saying, write, it says, write this man down as childless. It's a punishment. In Genesis chapter 20, Abimelech is punished by God temporarily. And we read, let me go to that uh, passage, uh, Genesis uh, chapter 20. We read in verses uh, 17 and uh, 18 the following words about barrenness. Then Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech and also healed his wife and female slaves so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed all the wombs of the house of Abimelech. Closed the wombs, a form of punishment. Opened the wombs, a form of blessing. And then the daughter of Saul, let's go to uh, 2 Samuel here. The daughter of Saul, Michal, in uh, 2 Samuel 6, we read in verse 23, And Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. And that was a punishment. Let's go to the Psalms. I just want to give you two other passages, and then we're going to go back to what we heard here in this uh, reading. Psalm uh, 113, starting in uh, verse 9. Talking about the Lord's favor, the Lord's blessings to his people, it says in verse 9, He gives the barren wife a home and makes her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. Excuse me. Praise the Lord, the joyous mother of children. And then, of course, 
you may recall in Psalm 127 what the psalm says about children. Let me go to verse, uh, verses 3 to 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who has filled his quiver with these arrows. He will have no cause to, for shame when he disputes with his foes in the gateways. Now we go back, and you see the context, therefore, of this woman, Hannah, praying in the temple of the Lord before Eli the priest. Lord, remember me. I am in deep sorrow. Remember me. In other words, I'm barren. I'm infertile. Give me a child. We can think, by the way, I, I skipped over, Rachel, uh, the wife of Jacob. Give me children or I shall die, she said. And um, Rebecca, the same thing. Uh, the Shunammite woman. They were all barren at first, but then God looked with favor on them and blessed them with children. Now notice in this passage, she's praying for a child. She knows what she needs to do with her husband. But she also knows this is not simply a choice. You see, what's revealed in this reading, it's not simply a choice, what's revealed in all these examples, of the mother and the father to be. It's not simply a choice of the man and woman who come together. Human life is not about our choice, neither is human death, whether you're talking about abortion or euthanasia, assisted suicide or anything like that. It's a decision of the Lord. Life is a gift from Him. Now, if, if a child is a gift, then you cannot demand the child. You can only pray for, you can only request and treat the Lord as she does here. You can pray for that gift. And you can do the things that we know from human nature give rise to the possibility that a new life will be conceived. But it's always just a question of a possibility, right? I mean, the woman knows in her fertile uh, days of, 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 of her cycle, you have sexual intimacy with a man. It could happen. It could happen. That's the only certainty we can come to, that it could happen. Not that it definitely will. That's where it always remains. It, it's a choice of that mom and dad, yes, to do those things open to life that could result in life. But the way that God has set this up, it's always ultimately his choice. And so she prays, recognizing that. Then she goes and she has relations with her husband. But notice, before they have relations, what does it say? They worshipped before the Lord. Now we see the other side of this coin when David... When King David lost his son, the son of the adulterous relationship that he had, he besought God for the child. The child was severely ill. When the child died, he worshipped. Which means both whether it's a child who has just died or a child that you're asking to be conceived, Worshiping the Lord means, Lord, I acknowledge you're in charge. It's your choice, not mine. It's your choice if a child lives. It's your choice if a child dies. I can't be party to abortion. I can't be party to demanding a child either. I worship you, Lord. It's your decision. 
And, and you know, we see the, the, the demand side of this when we start to try to create children in the test tube, in the laboratory. We say, oh, we're going to have a child no matter what. No, we can't have the attitude no matter what. Otherwise, we're not regarding the child as a gift. You don't demand a gift. You gratefully receive it. You can request it and gratefully receive it. You can't demand it, nor can you destroy it. This is a beautiful lesson. Let's worship the Lord of life. And let's pray for those as we go into prayer now again, for those who are suffering from infertility. Infertility, by the way, don't take this uh, analysis of the biblical teaching here on barrenness and and fertility to mean that uh, if someone is infertile, they're being punished for a sin. No, that's not at all the case. That's not at all what we're saying. We're talking about overall biblical themes here and God's favor towards life and children. But those who are are suffering from infertility, it is a great suffering. I've prayed over many such people. Let's pray for all of them again now, that they may trust in the Lord, that they may not make it a matter of feeling personal guilt, but rather may do exactly what Hannah did here, and that is beseech and worship the Lord of life. Let's pray. Father, we come before you aware of the blessing of pregnancy, fertility, childbirth. We come to you aware also of the suffering that so many have today who long for children with the same longing of these women in Scripture, uh, with the same grief and sorrow uh, that Hannah expressed because they don't have children. There's grief, Lord. There's sorrow. Descend on them mercifully with your Spirit. Give them, show them favor, remember them as your word expresses it. And give them the joy of welcoming new life. Lord, answer all our prayers. We have so many different kinds of needs and we bring them all before you now. And we sum them all up as we pray for one another in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thanks for watching, friends. Spread the word. Bring others in. Keep connected with us, endabortion.us, our main website, and at FR Frank Pavone, our social media address. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Well, hello, brothers and sisters. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. We are here today with our national political coordinator, Erin Parfett. And Erin, good to have you with us on the set. Thank you for having me. The 2024 election is getting into a very intense phase. Pretty soon we'll be turning the calendar. It'll be 2024. More people will start thinking about the election. And we just wanted to remind our audience how we are preparing and training them to make a difference in this election. Tell us. 
there will, there's so much action going on next year. There's the whole House up for a vote, one third of the Senate, right. the presidential election, obviously, mm -hmm. possibly numerous ballot initiatives, and we want everyone to be part of the action. So to do that, we want everyone to go to prolifevolunteer.com, mm -hmm. sign up with your basic information. We will not sell it to any third parties, but we will use it to keep in touch with you about our various trainings. And I can reach out to you personally as well. And we can discuss how you can be more active in your community. Right, sometimes people want talking points as to how to respond to uh, the left and the pro-abortion forces. Right. They want to know how they can help register voters. So we do this via monthly, and, and then we will increase the frequency as we go along. Right. Uh, Zoom calls, right? Right, we hold the Zoom calls at least once a month and sometimes more, but if someone wants to schedule a session in between to ask questions about how they can help in their communities, they can be in touch with me and we can generally work something out. Well, you're always very helpful to the people and as you share with them, all the resources we have at Preach for Life, plus your own personal political experience. So thank right. you for doing that, and thanks for helping us to uh, navigate these trainings, both online and also uh, also in person. Yes. And once again, friends, ProLifeVolunteer.com. That's ProLifeVolunteer.com. Fill out the form there. Check it out today, and we'll be able to help you use all your talents and opportunities to make a difference in this critical election. Thank you, Erin. Thank you. And thank you, brothers and sisters. God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.